Welcome to the show. You know where you are, the nine and nine with me, Tigo. And if you're sitting right there, you know what's about to happen. We're bringing yet another trailblazer to the screen that is an expert in their field. But today, you know what? I love sports. I absolutely love sports. And today we're going to talk about the PGA. We're going to talk about being a play-by-play host, which is amazing. But most of all, we're going to talk about women in media. So sit right there. We'll be right back. everybody. Welcome back. I don't know about you, but I love all kinds of sports. My brother is the one who absolutely loves golf, and I am starting to learn about golf. And if I'm going to learn about golf, I need to learn from somebody who's an expert at it, or at least knows the play-by-plays and can tell me, why do they chase that little ball around? So Lisa Cromwell is here. Hey, Lisa, what's happening? Hey, Teresa. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. I know you're super busy and you're always out there. You got your amazing book out. We got to talk about that. But how did you get into the world of the PGA? Well, it uh, it was a long time coming, actually. Um, being in, in broadcasting since in my late 20s, it was just this long journey. You know, I started in a very small town as a uh, as a sports anchor and reporter in Columbus, Mississippi. And then Went to Tennessee, then Cincinnati and the Big Ten Network and then Golf Channel and now the PGA Tour. So it's like any other job. You try to work your way up the ladder and um, you just keep plugging away at it. I've been very fortunate. Golf's been a, a big part of my life for a long time. So wow. to still be able to be involved in it really is a blessing. So are you a player? Do you also play or are you just the expert at golf, you know, from the media perspective? Well, I played in college, so I, I could play. I was I was a, a two-time All-American, and um, nice. I thought for a long time I would play professionally. But when I realized that the uh, the task of doing that for a living was a little bit more overwhelming than I was ready for, I thought let's talk. Let's do something easier. Let's talk about it. And I can tell you, it is a lot easier talking about golf than, than trying to make a living doing it. Yeah, I haven't tried to even play it yet, but I have paid for many rounds. You know, it's fun to take people out. They love golf. I just sit there and make sure they're happy and having a blast. And I enjoy being out there with them. But, you know, women have been really making moves in golf over the last 20 or 30 years. Have you watched it just grow from the time you were in college to now? Has it kind of exploded for women? I would say yes and no. And and the reason that I, I want to be completely honest about this is I think that the sport has a long way to go for women. And, mm. you know, as I sit here and watch soccer make headway and I watch uh, women's tennis make huge headways, not only in in media coverage, but also in pay. Um, it's quite different with golf. And look, I, I'm personally tied to it. I care about it. But for some reason, golfers just they aren't out there they're they're not 
as big of advocates as I see mm. in other sports. Golf doesn't have a Billie Jean King. Golf doesn't have a Megan Rapino. Oh, wow. And so my big hope in the future is that that happens. Um, so it, it continues to bridge the gap more. I mean, the, the pay divide between men and women. And look, I love, I love the fact that the men are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. I work in the sport. I want them to thrive and prosper. Um, these, these women deserve more than, than what they're making. It has gotten better, but the pay gap is enormous and we need to do something about it. You know, yeah, I'm a huge WNBA fan. And that's one of the things I always talk about is the difference in the pay between the NBA and the WNBA. We just had the Super Bowl here and I watched them talk about all the sports in Las Vegas. You know, the aces are the two-time world champions, never mentioned never mentioned through all of that. And I'm like, okay, you know, we got a long, long way to go. So what made you decide to switch from, you could have went anywhere. You went from golf to being a part of golf and, but in broadcasting after, you know, what made you choose golf for your broadcasting career? Well, I didn't initially. So when I was in local, local television covering different markets, I, I really wasn't even covering golf. I mean, it was mainly football, basketball, baseball, just, you know, these these very popular sports and I worked in some some great markets for college and professional sporting events. I rarely covered golf, but after spending 10 plus years in the business, when the when the opening came at Golf Channel, it was a no brainer. I mean, with my background in the sport and then my background in, in broadcasting, it was a perfect combination to move forward. And I jumped at it. What's the difference that you've done all kinds of sports on the air? Which one is more difficult? What's the difference between like covering football or basketball and then covering golf? Because you do play by play, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I never played football. Um, I've watched it since I was a little kid and I understand it um, quite well. And I wanted, I wanted to, I did play basketball as a young person. So I understood that I grew up watching baseball. So I've always been a massive sports fan, mm -hmm. but golf, obviously having competed at a pretty high level, I, I know it inside and out. And so the confidence that you speak about when you talk to players and you ask the questions, I'm, I'm really big on interviews. Um, I think that they're important in every realm of the media, not just, not just sports, but politically um, across the board. And so I think to be able to to bring that that golf background into something that I'm so passionate about professionally, it was just it was a perfect combination for me. So now you're an author, troublemaker. What's troublemaker about? What made you decide? Hey, I got a few minutes in my life. I'm gonna be an author now. <laughs> what made you decide to go that way? And trust me, I know it wasn't a few minutes. It was probably a couple of years. But what made you decide to take that path as well? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm going to encourage you to read the book, and I hope that you do because it's um, it's a lot about my life story. But um, the second half of the book, more than that, is dedicated to what went wrong at Golf Channel, and I wanted to speak up about it, about the discrimination that I faced, that I witness others facing, um, really just a very archaic way of of operating in in this day and time. And you know, people have always joked and said you're such a troublemaker because things happen, and I don't. I don't sweep it under the rug. I refuse to remain silent about it. I'm one of those people who wants to talk about it. I want to make things better, not just for me, but the people around me, for young for young women and minorities coming up, having to deal with some of the stuff that, that shouldn't still be occurring. And so it just goes to show you that in places like where I worked at Golf Channel at the time, the boys club was still really strong. And mm -hmm. 
it was my way of trying to dismantle it and to let folks know that in this day and age, if you still behave this way, there are going to be people like me who talk about it and try to do something about it. So it really um, goes through the journey of, of what I experienced and then eventually going the legal route and, and how things ended. But I'm proud of it. I mean, I really am of all the things I've done in my life to be able to tell this story and and to to get some things out there that I wanted to get out there. Um, it was important to me. And I'm really thankful that Triumph Books took the gamble on me and, and we got it out last May. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to read the book, but I can guarantee you I will be reading it because it sounds amazing. And I love it when women stand up. That's what we're all about is, you know, women empowerment is huge for us, you know, throughout our company and then throughout my life. You know, I had a sharecropper for a mom and a dad. Mm. So you know, being able to be there is, is huge and support others. I know right now there's a young woman, maybe a young man watching this interview and they're going, I want to play professional golf or I want to be a commentator. I want to be an author. What advice would you give them? You know, as they're just on that first brick of the yellow brick road, they're just getting started on their journey. You know, that's, it's a great question. And I think that, you know, I look at what you do and I can, I can hear the passion and the fire. I don't think you're going to be great at anything or even good at anything if you're, if you don't care about it. And so that would be my first, piece of advice, I guess. If it's something that you care about, you want to get your story out there, you want to host a, a show like what you have going on, you want to write a book, do something, whatever it is, just be passionate about it. Put all your time and effort into it. Work hard. And I'm a big believer that that people who who work hard succeed. I mean, it it we have this long list of stories, these incredible, remarkable stories of people who didn't give up. And it's because they cared about what they were doing. And when you do, you find a way to make it happen. That's amazing. You know, I'm going to go the other way because of a little thing called COVID that shifted all of our lives <laughs> and it's still shifting it. You know, I just had two people tell me they had it a couple of weeks ago. So it's still going on. You know, people found themselves in a whole new environment. They got downsized. They got furloughed. They got laid off. They got fired. And then they got to find a new direction. What would you tell someone about your feelings about fear? What does fear mean to you? Fear in in kind of a, a crazy way. And it's interesting that you bring up that word. You know, I think one thing since the book came out, people have said to me a lot is they use this word over and over. Courageous, how courageous I was to write the book. And and I talk about that word quite a bit. In fact, when I was writing the book, there's a quote on my wall that says, have have the courage to be disliked. And I tell folks all the time, especially young people, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. Mm. Courage is, is having fear and doing it anyway. Yes. And so, you know, I, I tell people that fear is OK. There's nothing wrong. Don't shy away from it. Don't shy away from from what you're going through. Embrace it and figure out a way to get through it, whether it's day by day, month by month, year by year. But I just I know that there's this negative connotation around fear and I get it and I understand it. And we all are mm -hmm. kind of fearful of fear. Um, but sometimes embracing it and accepting it is a good way to, to figure things out. You know, I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason. And, you know, through some of the most difficult things that we've been through, sometimes the best things happen. So I would just encourage people never to give up and never to let fear stop them. 
So I know we got like less than a minute left. Where, what's next for you and where can they find that amazing book? We well, can find it on on Amazon. You can you can Google it or put it in there in the search bar. It's also a link to to Amazon to buy it is on my website, lisacornwell.com. As for what's next, I'm going to keep doing my, my thing with the PGA Tour. I really want to speak to young people. That's what I'm working on now, trying to put together sort of a plan of action to get out and speak to these young folks and, you know, to talk about these words, to talk about courage and fear and, and pursuing your passions. But really, Teresa, I think life is just about finding your voice. I'm still trying to find mine, but I think that the most successful and really the happiest people in the world, they have found their voice. And so that is my big mission to help people not not to let that go and to continue that pursuit forever. You're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I hope you'll come back, come back often. I love powerful women. I love it when they share their stories because I can feel the light bulbs going off mm -hmm. on, you know, with people going, I could do that. That should be me. I need to get out of my own way. And they need people like you, you know, just with the light, just a little bit further in front of them, kind of shining away and said, hey, there's a pothole. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you're absolutely amazing. And I hope you'll come back again. I sure will. I appreciate you saying that. It really does mean a lot. Now that we've spent some time together, I'll call you Tigo. I couldn't do yeah, that yeah. in the beginning. But, but now it's Tigo, so I'll be I'll be glad to come back anytime. I appreciate you. Hey, everybody, you know what to do. If you didn't write down the website, if you didn't, don't call me. You know, don't send me a text message. Go to TigoDirect.com, type in PGA, type in Lisa. She's coming up. Send her a message. Say, hey, Lisa, I saw you on Expert Talk. I want to invite you to my event or can you come and speak or whatever it is. Where do I get your book? TigoDirect.com. It costs you nothing. It costs her nothing. It's just a way for us to keep this expert talk family connected. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know I did. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.